Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Water Canteens and Pistols. Tonight, we'll read the opening to Roughing It by Mark Twain, published in 1872. It's a semi-autobiographical travel memoir following a young Twain through the Wild West during the 1860s. U.S. astronauts Frank Borman and Jim Lavelle read roughing it aloud to pass the time aboard a two-week-long mission orbiting the Earth in 1965. brother had just been appointed Secretary of Nevada Territory, an office of such majesty that it concentrated in itself the duties and dignities of Treasurer, Comptroller, Secretary of State, and Acting Governor in the Governor's absence. A salary of $1,800 a year and the title of Mr. Secretary gave to the great position an air of wild and imposing grandeur. I was young and ignorant, and I envied my brother. 
I coveted his distinction and his financial splendor, but particularly and especially the long, strange journey he was going to make and the curious new world he was going to explore. He was going to travel. I never had been away from home, and that word, travel, had a seductive charm for me. Pretty soon, he would be hundreds and hundreds of miles away on the great plains and deserts and among the mountains of the far west and would see buffaloes and Indians and prairie dogs and antelopes and have all kinds of adventures and maybe get hanged or scalped and have ever such fine a time and write home and tell us all about it and be a hero. And he would see the gold mines and the silver mines and maybe go about of an afternoon when his work was done and pick up two or three pailfuls of shining slugs and nuggets of gold and silver on the hillside. And by and by, he would become very rich and return home by sea and be able to talk as calmly about San Francisco and the ocean and the isthmus as if it was nothing of any consequence to have seen those marvels face to face. What I suffered in contemplating his happiness, Penn cannot describe. And so, when he offered me, in cold blood, the sublime position of private secretary under him, it appeared to me that the heavens and the earth passed away, and the firmament was rolled together as a scroll. I had nothing more to desire. My contentment was complete. At the end of an hour or two, I was ready for the journey. Not much packing up was necessary, because we were going in the Overland stage from the Missouri frontier to Nevada, and passengers were only allowed a small quantity of baggage apiece. There was no Pacific Railroad in those fine times of 10 or 12 years ago, not a single rail of it. I only proposed to stay in Nevada three months. I had no thought of staying longer than that. I meant to see all I could see in this new and strange place and then hurry home to business. I little thought that I would not see the end of that three-month pleasure excursion for six or seven uncommonly.